Welcome to another edition of the YXE Sports Podcast. Of course, we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar on the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Facebook page, the YXE Sports Podcast Facebook page as well. Thanks to everybody for tuning in, and thanks to everybody that is listening to the audio version of this podcast. Matt Morrison, a pleasure to be with you for another week. Ray Morrison, uh, I wouldn't say it's a pleasure, but hey, you're here for another be week. Nice. Be nice. Uh, of course, oh. you and I, part of the weekend was chasing around your year-and-a-half-old niece. Oh, boy. Yeah. I slept in till 8.36 today, which I wow. never sleep in that late. That tells you how much I was uh, put through the ringer with my granddaughter. So, yeah, uh, yeah. no, it's always a great weekend when family comes in. So, yeah, no, it was uh, really hey, good. Got I wasn't hockey t- watched. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't a part of this, but you guys went to the petting zoo on Saturday evening. We did. Yeah, yeah it was really good. Over at the Berry Barn. And then a goat uh, tried to eat Grace's ponytail. <laughs> Which I find hilarious. <laughs> Nobody else thought it was funny but me, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's gutsy of you to show up, and it's interesting that you're trying to actually oh. change the subject of uh, what we should be talking about here. And it's the fact that the Columbus Blue Jackets have actually moved on to the round of 16 at the expense of your Toronto Maple Leafs. You sound surprised, but you shouldn't be, because every year since 2017, the Toronto Maple Leafs have gotten knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. You sound surprised that they lost again, but I'm not shocked at all. Uh, to make things worse, though, the Toronto Maple Leafs did lose the um, draft lottery today, so they will not get Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, the New York Rangers won the draft lottery, so they will be selecting first overall and uh, take the phenom from uh, the Ramuski Oceanic, most likely, with the first overall pick in the 2020 NHL entry draft. Uh, like I said, we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, and there has been... Uh, uh, a cup, if you will. Well, it is a cup. Yes. There's been a cup in the, the uh, closest view. you and I will come to a championship trophy. Exactly. It's and, right here. And it's yeah. been in the view for uh, a couple of weeks now. So I wanted to touch base about it. So it is the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Community Assist Cup. That's a great looking cup. And this is fantastic. It is a great looking cup. And the initiative behind this is fantastic as well. Of course, everybody that's watching, you can see that the Wild Thunder won it for 2019-2020. But basically, the idea behind it is you are taking uh, videos of your minor hockey team doing good deeds throughout the course of the season. Okay. So doing the bottle drives, taking them to Sarkan, you know, all those sort of things. And you basically video all the good deeds that you do all year and... Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar and the Saskatoon Minor Hockey Association decide on a winner. That's and terrific. in normal times, the winning team will get a, uh, a year-end party at Wendell yeah. Clark's Classic uh, Grill and Bar. So congratulations to the Wild Thunder, uh, the novice Wild Thunder who won in 2019-2020. Of course, that's been in the background for a few weeks. Yeah. So kind of wanted to touch base uh, about that a little bit. Um, you watched some hockey this weekend. Yeah, I did. I watched uh, your Maple Leafs. Right. Who, if I'm not mistaken, and I think this was a point that uh, Jim Houston and uh, Craig Simpson were making on the broadcast, or somebody was. Maybe it was somebody in the panel. I can't remember. But um, the Toronto Maple Leafs scored three even-strength goals in that series. And the tough part about that is they were down to one line for much of it. Just that third and fourth line depth against a team like Columbus that has such – all John Tortorella's teams have great sticks – so one of the things you need against a team like that is some third and fourth line depth. And it was pretty obvious that that just wasn't going to come for Toronto. And as a result, what did uh, uh, Coach Keefe have to do? He had to throw Taveras out there with Marner and with Matthews a lot. And they got a lot of ice time trying to generate some offense. And it just, even strength would just not come for that hockey team. And uh, I thought that's why you were trying to change the subject of the... <laughs> 
<laughs> you the Maple Leafs to talk about the cup here. But, you know, to me, that's it. It's just a team that, again, just isn't good enough. And, you, you know, you l- I listened to a, a radio show called Overdrive. It's a TSN radio show um, uh, from Toronto. And they are frustrated as heck again in Toronto because, you know, you talk about the buildup with Matthews and the Mike Babcock years from a couple years ago. This should have converted into a playoff push, a deep playoff push or two for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it just it has not happened. Took Alexander Ovechkin 13 years to win his first Stanley Cup. I'll just uh, oh, put it defensive? at that. We, so we don't care to break this down. We're just going to be defensive well, about it. Is we'll, that, what, we'll break, what's your take on, on your we'll break on your it down. Team? We'll break it down in a little bit. We'll break it down after I tell you the awesome stuff that Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar is doing. Of course, they are open for business. Changing so, the subject again. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, so you can dine in at Wendell Clark's <laughs> Classic Grill and Bar. Uh, of course, you can enjoy their classics like the Wendell Burger, uh, the best fries in the city, in my opinion, as well, a whole bunch of good stuff at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, and they are also now offering delivery. So if you can't make it out, don't want to make it out for whatever reason, that's okay because Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar can come to you. Check out their Facebook page for daily specials. They got something uh, on special every single day, and all the food here is fantastic. Of course, Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar is on the corner of Circle and Idlewild, and you can call 306-382-1717 is the number to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar. You have to admit... Yep. The comeback on Friday was phenomenal. Oh, it was. That was really Leafs. good. Yeah, you betcha. And that was one thing was the ice all of a sudden just seemed tilted against Columbus in that game four yeah. win for Toronto. They were down 3 nothing and scored those three goals in the last five minutes. Um, and John Tortorella, you got to give his, his team credit. They, they regrouped because when there's kind of no momentum in a pandemic year, you don't have the crowd there where you need – like there's no home and away – you know, your opportunity for resilience has to come from within. So Toronto was very impressive in that Game 4 win. But in Game 5, you know, I don't understand how you could be that snake-bitten. Yeah. Uh, just in even strength situations. The depth, like I said, was just not there for that Toronto team, in, in my estimation. And, you know, even when you see Morgan Riley kind of jumping up into the rush as much as he was at times, I think that that's one of the things that you even have to admit, Matt, is – a little bit frustrating. You're counting oh, yeah. on you're counting on offense from yeah. from your defenseman to kind of keep your season alive. Oh, the Leafs need a defenseman. I'll be the first person to uh, to admit that. But even Sheldon Keefe said we just didn't. We probably didn't deserve to win. We kind of got what you know yep. is coming. That's kind of the message from Sheldon Keefe. The Edmonton Oilers got upset too. By the way, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, the 12th ranked Chicago Blackhawks, uh, beat the Edmonton Oilers in that five game series. So here is how the official round one will break down. Vegas will play Chicago. Colorado will play Arizona. Saint, uh, Dallas will play Calgary. St. Louis will play Vancouver. Philadelphia will play your Montreal Canadiens. Tampa will play Columbus. Washington will play the New York Islanders. And the Boston Bruins will take on the Carolina Hurricanes in round one of the uh, official round one of the 2020 yeah. Stanley Cup. So uh, this is August 10th. This is the drop date. But August 11th, of course, is when the round of 16 will start, the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Tampa Bay-Columbus, that'll be the first game uh, to start the round of 16. 
And what were you telling me earlier today about what John Tortorella did at his press conference? He stopped the press conference. Well, he didn't stop the press conference. He decided to start the press conference. And if you know John Tortorella, you know that he's not too fond of the media. But he started the press conference. He asked to start the press conference today and gave a lot of praise to the Toronto Maple Leafs coaching staff and said, I don't understand why people are blaming Sheldon Keefe, why people are blaming this coaching staff. This is a well-run team. It is a well-coached team. And they're a good hockey team. So John Tortorella did, thought it was kind of unfair, the criticism that Sheldon Keefe and his uh, coaching staff uh, was getting on the end of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But uh, I find it so strange because John Tortorella is a guy who has coached in both the United States and Canada. Small markets and biggies in Columbus now, which by no means is the biggest hockey market. But he's been in New York. He's been in a hockey hotbed like Vancouver. He should really understand why this is a situation that happens in, in a city like Toronto. It's just that... You know, the, the media frenzy in T.O. is like nowhere else in the National Hockey League. And if you don't win, you're going to face that heat. And John Tortorella, you know, he can say he doesn't understand why that team is under siege from the fan base all he wants. But it always happens in Toronto when you've had the limited success that a team like the Leafs have had over the past few years. That Columbus-Tampa Bay series is, will be quite good, actually. I think I'm so looking too. forward I to that. I too. I think that'll be a really good And series. the other intriguing uh, matchup is going to be Boston versus Carolina. Of course, Carolina went on that big run last year in the yep. playoffs. They came out of nowhere. Everybody thought it was maybe a fluke, but Rod Brendamore and his coaching staff might be onto something because they had a very good regular season. Yep. They took care of the Rangers uh, pretty pretty easily yep. in, in the play-in round. So that'll be another series that I'm looking forward to as well as that Boston-Carolina uh, one. And then out of the West, I don't know, the Flame series might yeah, be okay. Calgary-Dallas, yep. that one, you know, what's intriguing about the Calgary-Dallas series is uh, the Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues, they wrapped up the round robin. They went to overtime and then a shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was interesting about that is these teams went – the whole overtime without one whistle before they went to the shootout. And that was the final game that they had played. And the commentators, it was kind of funny. I was watching the NBC broadcast, and the commentators kind of said, did we have a whistle during (laughs) overtime? There was five minutes of action in OT, and finally they got to the shootout. But uh, So Dallas and Calgary, that'll be a good series for Canadian hockey fans to watch. And then Vancouver, St. Louis, boy, you're going against the defending cup champions if you're the Vancouver Canucks. Um... I'm not. Do you find that many people are expecting Vancouver to get to the round of eight? No, they're a good team. They are. Yep. Do you you think? I just don't. don't, Nobody really talks about the Vancouver Canucks. St. Louis has that experience now. They do. So it's you know. It's, it's the Saskatchewan guys like Schwartz and Shan, they're, they're doing another great job. And it's the same thing with the Chicago Blackhawks as well. I know a lot of Oilers fans were quite ticked because they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. But right yeah. from the start, I said, I mean, don't discount the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, yeah. you can make the argument yeah, that, yeah, they shouldn't have been in the playoffs in a normal year. But this isn't a normal year. They have Patrick Kane. They have Jonathan Taves. They have uh, Duncan Keith, Corey yeah. Crawford. All those yeah. guys have won cups. Yeah. Andrew Shaw is back with the Blackhawks, and he was part of those original cup-winning teams. So, I mean, a Chicago versus Vegas series might be uh, interesting that, uh, as well, you know just what? based that, off of the experience. That's going to be a gritty series. Yep. I think there's going to be a lot of pucks along the boards and a lot of battles, and I think the winning team in that series is going to have to not just have a little bit of puck luck because offense, I don't think you're going to see a lot of odd man rushes in that series. I think it's just going to be a, a real grind them up series. Of course, former Prince Albert Raider Jeremy Colleton is behind the bench as the new head coach for the Chicago Blackhawks yep, that's right. uh, as well. And he's going up against a much more experienced P. 
Peter DeBoer yep. for Vegas, but we'll yep. see. We'll see how that goes. But no, the uh, round one. It's hard to believe that. Yeah, we had this hockey all day, and usually yep. round one of the playoffs, you're still getting your two to three games a night, right? So yeah, we're going to be getting our two to three games a day again. It won't be the five or six that we're accustomed to seeing, but. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, the Petrovka Orchard is much more than an apple orchard. There are walking trails, a country store, and gourmet products to try while enjoying the beautiful view. They have everything you need. Apple smokies, sausage, gourmet relishes, barbecue sauce, and so much more, including fresh buns from the clay oven. If you want to pick up an apple smoky on the way to the lake, they can have that ready for you as well. You can visit PetrovkaOrchard.com and see Diana Fedosov's great videos on the Petrovka Orchard Facebook page. Petrovka Orchard is located 30 miles north of Saskatoon. Uh, talking with uh, our production team, they were at the Petrovka Orchard this week and said sales are up and sales are booming. Yeah, no, so, for fantastic. sure. Not a surprise, because that is a great product over there. And last week, we also told you that uh, Folk Fest has joined the YXC Sports Podcast as a sponsor. Don't forget, August the 15th at 7 o'clock, get set for the virtual showcase, as there will be a 2020 Folk Fest. Patrons can look forward to a virtual evening of music, dance, and song. As Folk Fest, of course, is famous for its food as well, there will be cooking demonstrations with numerous pavilions sharing performances, coupled with the opportunity to collaborate with the iconic Sastel Jazz Festival. This event will be uh, one uh, community celebration of culture like no other. So be sure to check out the Folk Fest Facebook page August the 15th at 7 o'clock for the virtual Folk Fest for 2020. Should be fantastic. Yeah. That's the way that uh, we're doing things in 2020. And yep. That's totally okay as well. Uh, The Western Hockey League remains committed to playing a full 68-game season. However, they won't be starting until December. Of course, originally it was announced a while back that they were hoping for an October 2nd start date. It sounds like December 4th will be the new start date. Uh, What's interesting to me, Ray Morrison, is that they're still planning to get that 68-game season in, and I just don't know how that's going to work. Well, I mean, the the Western Hockey League, I can, I can see it working in some respects, uh, Matt, only because basically the Western Hockey League is a very ticket-driven league, mm-hmm. right? So what happens in a ticket-driven league where you're trying to educate young hockey players as well, you've got to get them through their university and in some cases high school classes, what happens is you play a lot of games on the weekends, yeah. right? So I think you're probably going to see a lot more. Like for the five Saskatchewan Western Hockey League teams, they will probably play a lot more of their provincial rivals. So I think it'll be more geographic in nature. There will probably be a lot more weekday games if the league hopes to pull this off and make this happen. Um, But, boy, the one thing I still wonder about is getting across that border. You know, you take a look at those teams in Washington State and Oregon, that's, you know, looking at the numbers again, it is just, it is crazy to think about the United States having 22% of the world's deaths from this pandemic, 25% of the world's cases, with only 5% of the population in the world. Sports leagues have to be so mindful of that. So exactly how they plan to pull this off within the Western Hockey League circles will be interesting. I don't think scheduling is that that big of an issue to be honest with you because they they went to the 68 game schedule a couple of years uh, ago a couple of years yeah. ago so i think they can probably get that in again i just think that there's probably going to be you know you're you're going to see the saskatoon blades or the pa raiders or the moose jaw warriors and the regina pats play a lot uh and it, they're going to be they're going to be closer to home 
and you may see some weeks where there's going to be some, you know, four-week home game stints for some of these teams in order to get these games in. Of course, when it was originally announced that the Western Hockey League wanted to return to play, uh, Ron Robinson, commissioner of the Western Hockey League, was adamant there needs to be fans in the stand. So the thing yeah. for me is, while originally this was supposed to be an October 2nd or 3rd start date, yeah. well, now it's December 4th, so they keep pushing it back. And it's going to be interesting to see if there's going to end up being fans in the stands or not. Yeah. And well, if there's not, yeah. how big an effect that's going to have on some of these smaller market Western League exactly. teams. No, it, it is a great question because it is a ticket-driven league. And I think like everybody that's planning, uh, you're just kind of hoping for a situation where the numbers kind of improve a little bit to a point where you can you know, maybe fill up your arenas to 50% capacity. Uh, for teams like the Calgary Hitman, the Saskatoon Blades, those that play in big venues, it's probably not an issue. But, you know, you get down, uh, hockey fans are hungry. Western Hockey League fans are hungry to see their teams in Prince Albert, Swift Current, uh, those smaller arenas. Um, you know, some thoughts going to have to go into how to be safe, stay distant, and yet, in that, as I said, a ticket-driven league make money yeah absolutely uh it seems like the only thing that can slow down the saskatoon hilltops is COVID 19 mm-hmm. because the cjfl of course that's the canadian junior football league uh has announced that it is not feasible to have a 2020 football season which means the season has been canceled they're looking forward to 2021 ray morrison i'm going to pose the same question to you that i just did in terms of the whl yep. is this going to affect many teams in their respective conferences now i don't yeah. know much about the bc league and the ontario yeah. League, but you know, just speaking, the PFC with the Winnipeg Rifles, uh, the Saskatoon Hilltops, the Regina Thunder, the two Edmonton teams, and Calgary. What do you think uh, think the lasting effect will be? You know, I don't think so. I mean, we know that the Saskatoon Hilltops are a very strong team, right? So financially, they do very well. They're in a market where there is no CFL team, uh, unlike the other uh, PFC teams. So as a result, you know, they kind of have, you know, their big clubhouse and they got that Gordie Howe Park, Gordie Howe Bowl is mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. SMF Field is terrific to, for that team to play on. So money is never an issue, right? So that's going to be good, and I think that's what you're asking. I think one of the things that will have to be thought about, though, is you know, kind of off-season fundraising. So if you're not going to be able to have your season, what are you doing to make money? Yeah. And that's not to say that teams can't be very successful at that. You know, if the Winnipeg uh, team, instead of having – four home games had four fundraisers that turned out to be very lucrative they could potentially make more than they would on their four gates you know and that's so i i don't think that this is going to be as big of an issue financially or hurt the future of the pfc like like some think it might yes but it is too bad yeah it's really unfortunate it's a tough break for the athletes too right the athletes that are looking to take the next step to maybe university football or you know those first year athletes the ones just out of high school that are you know looking to to kind of make a name for themselves but uh, obviously health and safety is number one so look forward to 2021 in terms of the canadian junior football league uh the canadian elite basketball league uh had their summer series finale yesterday edmonton the edmonton stingers beat Fraser Valley, so they are the 2020 champions. Of course, the Saskatchewan Rattlers did not repeat as they were booted from the tournament. I shouldn't say booted. Booted is such a harsh term. <laughs> eliminated. <laughs> they were eliminated from the uh, tournament uh, last week, and uh, a couple weeks ago, you were quite uh, 
harsh on TEBL Commissioner Mike Morielli, but uh, you're going yeah. to make up for it right here. Right well, now. no, I, I just, like I said, you know, one of the things to move a professional sports league forward is a non-streaming, non-digital, over-the-air network television package. That's what's going to help. And the Canadian Elite Basketball League was able to do that with um, the CBC, obviously. And to see that game on national television was Terrific. And again, congratulations to the Edmonton Stingers because they were stung by the Rattlers in the league final mm-hmm. last year. So they, they do get to wait, come away with that win. But, you know, I saw Mike Morielli's interview on CBC and just the job that they've been able to do for, for two reasons. One, as I mentioned, you now have a television deal. But secondly, in St. Catharines, in the midst of a pandemic, to be able to crown a champion in the second year of uh, a league that you're trying to get going is uh, is very good. So congratulations to Mike Morielli, who I reiterate is one of my favorite people <laughs> going. He's such a good guy. And of course, I've known Mike since, you know, the time at the Canadian Football League. And, and that was uh, that was pretty cool to see. OK, one last thing before we wrap up today. Okay. Zach, please, Zach, go. Zach, please, Zach, a pitcher for <laughs> the Cleveland, Cleveland Indians. Yep. Uh, decided that he was going to leave the bubble, leave his team and go out with friends Saturday night in Chicago. And as a result, Cleveland basically said, not only is this a very bad move, but you can find your own way back to Cleveland. They made him literally find his own transportation yeah. for the five-hour trip a good, back to Which Cleveland. is a good move. <laughs> yeah, which is a good move on the team's part. Yep. You know, it's, it's really hard because these are young players that want to go out. Um, by the way, Zach is the nephew of Dan Plesak, a former major league pitcher. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you know, it's funny because baseball is the outside sport. So when we were thinking about the restart of pro sports, baseball was supposed to be like golf or race car driving or anything. They were supposed to be able to keep the most distant. And yet this is where they have the most issues, whereas the bubbles seem to be working, especially in the National Hockey League. And then to get Zach Plezak to do something like that, it's just not cool. That is just yeah. not good. So... Uh, it's too bad. It's hard. Like I said, these are young guys. They want to go out. They want to visit. The, this is, but, but it has to be stressed that this is a year like no other. And if sports is going to continue, you can't have those situations. This is probably me setting a bad example, but you could also play the angle that you just don't get caught. Well, <laughs> you, you, yeah, no, that's not, that's not the way to go. Oh, I know, I know. No, it is. Uh, you know, he is a 25-year-old, right? And I yeah. think he's from he's a young Chicago. guy. I think he's from Chicago because oh, yeah, he was, he was catching up with old friends. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so it is. It is I get tough. It. Yep. I, for I, sure. You know, I get. I get the frustration of it. Yep. But, but in these times, you know, when you're we're trying to reopen and get people excited about sports again, you just can't do that. The Miami Marlins outbreak. Uh, haven't heard much about that uh, recently, but apparently the outbreak happened because a few of the players left the uh, hotel room to get milk. Mm-hmm. It's all Alleged, it allegedly. <laughs> allegedly they were out yeah. to get milk and yeah. that's and then they magically came back with the yeah. coronavirus well and again you you can just imagine the owners right because these are multi-million dollar assets and these players that they have and if they go down or get sick not only is it costly to <laughs> those owners but the other issue of course is uh the fact that um uh, you're, you're putting the public 
yes. at risk as well. And you just, you just don't want to do that. That's just not a good look for pro sports to be doing that. No, so. for sure. The Toronto Blue Jays kick off uh, their home schedule, and I put quotation marks around home because they are playing in Buffalo this yeah. year. Uh, but they kick off their home schedule this week. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. be interesting to see the production value of the Buffalo field uh, there as well. So I think that pretty much wraps up our time for this week. So, Ray Morrison, thanks again as Thank you. always. A big thanks to the crew at Wendell Clark's Classic Berlin Bar. A big thanks to uh, Diana at the Petrovka Orchard. And, of course, don't forget Folk Fest yep. Saturday, August the 15th. A big thanks uh, to everybody involved in this podcast. And a big thanks to you, the viewer and listener as well. So a big thanks for uh, tagging along. We appreciate it more than you probably know. And we will see you at the exact same time next week.